Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Hello, Edwin. Hello, Andrew. It's Tuesday. Tuesday. August 30, the year of our Lord, 2022. It is. We're almost wrapping up another month. It's crazy how that happens. I know. And in wrapping up this month, we'll actually be putting a bow on season three of Text Talk. Yes. What are we looking forward to in season four? We're going to go back to the Psalms. Hey! In season two, we were able to just walk through the Psalms 1 through 53. Yes. And so now in season four, we're going to head back to an Old Testament reading plan for our congregation, immersing ourselves in the Psalms, but Mm -hmm. we're going to pick up where we left off a year ago. Yeah. So Psalm 54 is where we're going to start. So next week, read Psalm 54 every day. And as a part of our reading plan, this is what I'm really excited about. Okay. I heard of a thing... From our good brother, Mark Roberts. A paradigm, if you will. A paradigm, if you will. Yes. A model. A model. An approach. A system. A system, yes. So we're going to kind of use that for, we're going to encourage our brothers and sisters here in their reading as they read the Psalms every day. Kind of take Sunday Mm -hmm. as a day to just be introduced. Let's just read it. We'll just think about it. And then as we walk through the days of the week, we're going to walk in paths Mm -hmm. of righteousness. Be led in paths. Mm Mm-hmm. Of righteousness. That sounds good. You ask, why, Edwin, are you emphasizing the word paths? Because we're going to use paths as kind of an Wait, acrostic. Did I miss my cue? Edwin, why are we using the word paths? <laughs> we're going to use that as an acrostic. And so each day of the week in our reading, probably not going to make all, all of our conversations follow this per se, but we're going to encourage the congregation in each day of the week of their reading to meditate on a different aspect. Mm-hmm. And so on Monday, we're going to we're going to meditate on things in the psalm that help us praise God. Okay. P. P is for praise. Yes. On Tuesday, we're going to look at things where that, that admonish us. Okay. Ad, admonish us. We'll get and that so out. the admonishing is a warning, right? Yeah, that encourages so, us, warns us, changes warns us. us, corrects us. What mm-hmm. do we learn from that that we need to, to need to shift on? So that's mm-hmm. going to be Tuesday. So P A. All right. On Wednesday, we're going to look at things and meditate on things that help us trust God. Ah, T for trust. Mm-hmm. I like that. On Thursday, we're going to take a look at things and meditate on things that give us hope okay. in God. H. And now then we, on now Friday, we've got path. that's path. And then on Friday, we're going to meditate and focus on things that we should share with others. Oh, paths. So paths. Very good. And then on Saturday, we'll leave that up as a day of kind of catch up and summarizing and remembering so that's that's what we're going to do. I'm excited. Starting Psalm 54 next week. It's going to be great. It's going to be great. Today we are looking at James chapter 5. We're going to walk through this next section here of James 5. Uh, what, what's, what do you have for our reading today? I'm going to read Edwin? verses 7 through 11 from the English Standard Version. Be patient, therefore, brothers, until the coming of the Lord. See how the farmer waits for the precious fruit of the earth, being patient about it until it receives the early and the late rains. You also be patient. Establish your hearts, for the coming of the Lord is at hand. Do not grumble against one another, brothers, so that you may not be judged. Behold, the judge is standing at the door. As an example of suffering and patience, brothers, take the prophets who spoke in the name of the Lord. Behold, we consider those blessed who remain steadfast. You have heard of the steadfastness of Job, and you have seen the purpose of the Lord, how the Lord is compassionate and merciful. So he's telling us to wait and to endure. And we even get another Bible example, which is Job. And the prophets. Uh, And the prophets, right. 
which is something that I've really enjoyed about James. Honestly, I've enjoyed the callbacks to Abraham and to Rahab and now to Job and the prophets. We might even get one more before this chapter's over. Who knows? Who knows? But maybe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, and, and and that's always, I think, very encouraging for Christians to remember how God has dealt with his people in times past and to learn those lessons. It's a new paragraph. However, it's building on what he just said. He's just talked about the fact that those who are rich and wealthy have been oppressing the poor. Mm-hmm. Back in chapter two, he said to the Christians, aren't aren't the rich, these guys that you're courting, these sure. guys that you're being partial to, aren't they the ones who drag you into courts? Yeah. Aren't they the ones who blaspheme the precious name by which you have been called? Now here at the end... He utters this judgment on those who are putting their hope in riches, Mm -hmm. and because they're putting their hope in riches, they are deceiving and defrauding, and there's vileness and every disorder and every vile practice, because, of course, the pursuit of riches is going to be about selfish ambition and bitter jealousy and my own power struggle and politicking. Some of that demonic wisdom we read about in James 3. Some of that demonic wisdom that is then going to turn around and cause fights and quarrels among us because the territory that we want are the riches and the wealth. And so now Christians have have gotten the raw end of this deal. Maybe some Christians have have, uh, slipped into behaving that way, but here we're recognizing Christians have gotten the raw end of this deal. And so now James, having pronounced judgment Mm -hmm. on those who would oppress, who would murder, who would uh, cause problems for these poor Christians, he says, now, but here's what I want you to do. What I want you poor Christians to do, this is really important. Those rich, wealthy people, they have oppressed you and they've taken up arms against you and they've beaten you. So what you need to do is rebel. Mm. What you need to do is take your pitchforks and you need to go kill those rich people. You... No, and that's not what he said at all, though. <laughs> that's not what he said, is it? No. But you would think, based on today's liberation theologies, based on today's yeah. reading through modern lenses, that that would be the idea, that what we're supposed to do is is push back to get our vengeance and to grab our power, but that's not. Now, he has comforted the oppressed and the defrauded basically by saying God is going to judge these yes. rich people. Yes. And quite harshly. Yes. You know, and, and for you rich and those who have been guilty of these sins, you need to wail and howl and repent for what's coming on you. Yes. Yeah. You, you need to turn around. Maybe you can repent and start loving your neighbor, mm-hmm. treating them with compassion and mercy, following the royal law of loving God with all your heart, soul, and mind, and loving your neighbor as yourself, following the law of liberty that says we are free in Jesus Christ. This is the year of Jubilee that all of this that we're following in Jesus Christ is about loving others rather right. than gathering for myself. This is what the rich need to do, who especially yeah. those who have gathered their riches through oppression. Right. But recognizing that when God has blessed us with financial blessing, it's supposed to be a channel yes. to others. But but if I'm one of the poor and the rich haven't been acting like that, my job is not to stand up, take up arms against them and try to force them to act like no. that. As hard as this is, and I know when I say this, I've said things like this in social media, on Facebook, and immediately somebody always pushes back. Well, when you take that approach, though, people get taken advantage of. I, I, I know that. That seems to be what we're reading about right here. And But James's advice, James's instruction is, 
Be patient. Be patient. Establish your hearts because the judge is coming. Yeah. There, there's the coming one of the Lord. There is one who is coming that will take care of this. He'll do it on his timetable, not yours. Yeah. The timetable thing I think is interesting as I go back and I look at verse 7 and verse 8 again about this idea of a patient farmer. The early rains come. The latter rains come. He cannot force the seasons. He cannot force the rain. He, he has to be patient. He's completely dependent upon it. And then that seems to be likened to, in verse 8, the coming of the Lord. The coming of the Lord is at hand. And I guess I'm looking at this and I'm thinking um, a couple of things. Number one, I can see, okay, we're supposed to be in the place of the farmer and we're waiting for rain. Um, but this picture of patience, it also seems to be that the Lord, you know, that, that he is the one waiting for the right time to bring mm-hmm. this and, and he knows what's best. He does know what's best. We know from Jesus sermon on the Mount that the Lord is the one who sends the rain and yeah. causes the sun to shine. This statement about the farmer waiting on the rain reminds me of when Jesus taught his parable about the farmer goes out and sows the seed, but he doesn't know how it grows. Yeah. He just he keeps he's he's relying on God. God yeah. is the one that makes it grow. He he says, We're farmers. Yes, we're doing our part. We're planting the seed. We're 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 trusting the field. We're pulling the weeds. We're getting rid of the rocks. But God's the one who gives the rain. Right. We're waiting on him. Yeah. We're waiting yeah. on him to bring this rain. Yeah. God's the one who gives the increase. In fact, this is anchored in Deuteronomy chapter eleven. When God was speaking to the children of Israel as they went into the promised land, he says in Deuteronomy 11 and verse 13, If you will indeed obey my commandments that I command you today to love the Lord your God and to serve him with all your heart and all your soul, he will give the rain for your land in its season, the early rain and the later rain, that you may gather in your grain and your wine and your oil, and he will give grass in your fields for your livestock, and you shall eat and be full. Take care lest your heart be deceived and you turn aside and serve other gods and worship them. Then the anger of the Lord will be kindled against you and he will shut up the heavens so that there will be no rain and the land will yield no fruit and you will perish quickly off the good land that the Lord is giving you. All of that's about trusting the Lord. When I obey the Lord and do his will, Mm -hmm. and here he gives the first of the great commandments, serving God with all your heart and soul. It's a part of that royal law. Yeah. He says, when you're doing that, I'm going to send the rain. That's yeah. really what James is driving at. Love the Lord your God. That was what cha- chapter four was about, not being friends with the world, but being devoted to God. He says, when you do that, he sends the rain. Yeah. Be like that farmer who's obeying God, who's serving God, because he knows God will send the rain. And then wait on the Lord to send the rain. So then he gives a couple of names to illustrate this. He talks about the ones that we believe are blessed. He talks about the prophets in verse 10. They spoke of the name of the Lord as an example of suffering and patience. Which reminds us of the Sermon on the Mount again. They taught us how to suffer, and they taught us to be patient in suffering, right? It reminds us of the Sermon on the Mount again. Blessed are you when people insult you Mm -hmm. and revile you and persecute you, for your reward is great in heaven, for so they persecuted the prophets before you. That's exactly right. Another call back there to the Beatitudes and Sermon on the Mount. Love it. And then then Job. Mm. And I guess here's... To my mind, the difference that we see how Job's story ends, right? He says, oh, the Lord is very compassionate and merciful. And truly that book does end. We're talking about God blessing Job and, you know, the the riches greater in the end than they were in the beginning. But for so many of those prophets, we don't see them coming to a, a good end like Job in this life, right? That uh, That God's faithfulness and what we are... Uh, persevering for and enduring unto, 
is actually the reward of God spiritually, the reward of God in heaven, whether or not we see, uh, you know, the, 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 the fruits, I guess, of the blessing in, in physical terms. So, yeah, the, the end result, ult, the ultimate end result for a lot of the prophets is not recorded in Scripture. Yet yeah, I believe there's but understanding. there's a lot of them that get killed, though, is what I'm saying. Well, you know? yeah. <laughs> Talking yeah. about the blood of all the prophets from Abel right. till now. Right, yeah. We do see ones like Daniel yeah. who were faithful and then therefore delivered from the lion's yeah, den. Yeah, that's right. But we do see others that get executed. Job and Job chapter 42, verse 10, and the Lord restored the fortunes of Job when he had prayed for his friends. And the Lord gave Job twice as much as he had before. Then came to him all his brothers and sisters and all who had known him before and ate bread with him in his house. And they showed him sympathy and comforted him, comforted him for all the evil that the Lord had brought upon him. And each of them gave him a piece of money and a ring of gold. And the Lord blessed the latter days of Job more than his beginning. And it goes on with, with some of that blessing. Yeah. James's point, you know, I know there are lots of debates people get in around it, but James is just very simply, we see what Job went through. Right. And he and struggled. And see where he ended, right? He struggled, he struggled, but in the end, we see what God's purpose was. His purpose was that Job could be rewarded, yeah. compassion and mercy that Job experienced at the end. That's his point for us. Hang on. Yeah, we know sure. what the Lord's purpose is. He's, he's telling us to be patient, to establish our hearts. We know his purpose is to bring compassion and mercy upon us, even as we go through this difficulty before that comes. And, you know, to kind of close the loop to you were talking about the liberation theology and the way we look at things often today, Job didn't take his buddies and go after the raiders, right? He, you see him enduring all these trials and entrusting the Lord and questioning the Lord, having conversation with the Lord, but not taking vengeance into his own hands. Right, yeah. right. And at the end, God was merciful That's right. and patient. God was merciful and compassionate, I should say. And that's his purpose for us. Hang on, because that's what he's going to bring, mercy and compassion. Let's go ahead and wrap up. Holy God, give us patience. Establish our hearts. Strengthen us that we may hang on to you no matter what we face. And I admit, it is easy as I'm sitting in the comfort of this little room, sitting behind a microphone. It's easy to talk about being patient in the midst of troubles. I know there are folks who are actually in the midst of serious troubles, persecutions, oppressions, trials. And so I'd ask for them the strength to be patient, to establish their hearts. I'd ask that we as your people, as we meet folks in those cases, that we serve and share with one another so we can help one another. But above all, give us patience, establish our hearts, that we may look forward to the day when you judge those who afflict us. It's through Jesus, your son, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song, you can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.